0: All right, so we're here today with Johnny Hicks, Hicks Texas Longhorns. This is one that I've been pretty excited about doing for a while. I think when I first started the podcast, you were one of the first people that I called about being on. It's taken a little while to get together, but here we are.
1: Yep, (laughs) I'm excited about it too. Uh, This breed's a a fun breed to be around, and it it uh, they're good with our kids uh my wife and I both enjoy them so I'm I'm excited to, to tell our story
0: yeah so I was just trying to remember the first time that I ever contacted you I think I met you for the first time at the Longhorn Legacy sale and got your phone number and then I ended up calling you and and being like hey uh you said I could call you if I needed some advice I need some advice <laughs> um but, that, I, I mean, I was always really appreciative of that, and then we've talked a lot since then every time I have a question.
1: Well, my wife and I, my wife Missy, we and really enjoy helping new breeders be successful because we started out very small with a small herd, and uh, we've lived through the struggles, and anything we do to keep new breeders from having to make the same mistakes we did uh, really helps the industry thrive because if uh, if new breeders are successful – they stay in it, they and they enjoy the cattle as much as we do.
0: Yeah, so so what got you? What got you guys into longhorns?
1: So uh, we have an interesting story. Neither of us had parents that were farmers. Our grandparents weren't farmers. Our parents weren't farmers. You know, growing up, uh, Missy had horses and I had horses. You know, we might have an occasional cow here or there on, on our property, but n- none of our families made money farming. So. She ended up getting a job on a dairy farm when she was young and fell in love with cattle, and uh, I used to follow my grandpa around. He had 80 acres, and I was the youngest grandson. I followed him around, and uh, he always had some sale barn cows that he just fed and for beef, but no, nothing serious. If they lived, they lived. If they didn't, they didn't. And uh, I got in high school. I rodeoed a little bit and was around animals, but when we got married... Uh, we had our first kid and, and Missy wanted to stay home with the kids and after a year of being home she decided she missed cows. She missed having cattle. And I traveled a lot for work. I was a union mill so I was always jumping from job to job and I'm like, I ain't milking. I'm not <laughs> I'm not <laughs> you can have cows, but I ain't milking, so yep. uh I ended up working on a job with uh Mark Hubble's brother in law. And so we stopped in one day and looked at some cattle and, and, and bought two heifers and a steer, and we're going to raise them for beef just to have some beef cattle around. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting 40 acres from my grandfather and building a house on it and just wanted something out on that 40 acres with the horses. and wasn't going to get too serious and until uh, that would have been probably April or May I bought bought them heifers and October I went to the horn showcase the the Texas Longhorn Breeders Association of America host a a measuring competition and that was early on in the the early days of the of the horn showcase and I, I watched the the big names of the time get their horns measured and and seeing how the people were like a family and uh and then I watched cows selling for $19,000, $30,000, and it really made me think. It made me think, you know, if I have Angus or Herefords or Holsteins or, or whatever, I may profit three, dollars $400 a year off of them. And only having 40 acres, you know, I could probably only have 20 head. So that's a whole lot of work and fence and tractors and equipment to make six dollars to $7,000 a year. And so the whole ride home, I'm thinking, you know, from Texas, we were in Fort Worth, Texas, at the Horn Showcase. So I had about 20 hour drive home to think about, you know, if I had 20 head of Longhorns and I could even average 2,500 to 5,000 dollars profit per head. Now that's worth putting up fence and buying tractors and 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 you know, kind of the infrastructure you need to to take care of animals. So that, that's that's why we got started in cattle
0: yeah so so when was that
1: that was in 2006
0: so you guys have had them for 17 seven, yeah
1: 17 years you know i've I've switched some jobs along the way to try to it's funny these longhorns are like potato chips you, you can't just have <laughs> one you know once once, yep. once you open the bag you got you want them all so it's yeah. uh that's that's what happened to us it's happened to almost everybody we've helped get started they want to buy a couple for yard art And and the next thing you know, they're buying property, they're moving. I mean, uh, Dean Whitlock come up with a a great slogan. He says, Texas Longhorns, they're not cattle, they're a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, it it fits. It it, it really fits. And everybody that's bought them, that's that's what happens.
0: Yeah, it it definitely is a lifestyle. Um, And they're unlike any other cattle breed that I have ever been in contact with.
1: Yeah, the the cool thing about the Longhorns is the diversity. Yeah. So, like I said, I got them for beef, and I was going to have calves and raise beef, and then I seen the horn showcase, and that's for horn measuring, and and that's a whole market you can you can go after. There's also a halter show division, where uh, we have the large portion of our uh, association, our kids and adults halter showing their animals, and, and uh, if you don't want to do that, that then there's the fraturity side. Where mm-hmm. and, and that's really growing. When I got in there was two fraturities. You know, there was the Winchester Futurity and the Millennium. Yeah. Now there's twenty eight. Yeah. So I mean you can go anywhere in the country and and do something with these cattle now.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot that you can do with them. Um you know the reason so I'm a manager for Hidden Springs Ranch. I've said that on here before, um, but the reason that Carol, the owner, got into it was she was just looking for some, some cows to help clear out some property. So she started with a, a small herd and put them out there, and then they did their thing. And by the time she hired me, we had a, we had a whole bunch of them, um, and we had to figure out what we were going to do with them. But there was a lot of stuff to do with them. We learned so. Um, there's a lot of different uses for the Longhorns, and and I like just about all of them.
1: <laughs> well, and the diversity is great. I mean, they're hardy. They're they're calm. I mean, yeah. mo- most of them are calm, and and my kids love them. Uh, they they stop traffic. Everybody mm-hmm. enjoys them. Uh, and the people, the the people are as great as the cattle. I mean, the relationships that we've made and the contacts I've made across this country. Uh, I I have I've I've been in dogs I've been in rodeo I've been in other breeds of cattle I've never seen people like the Longhorn people yeah it's like every event your favorite thing is is wondering what crowd you're going out to eat with which night yeah you know you can hear their stories it's like a family reunion
0: yeah lots of good stories for sure lots of good stories and lots of good people
1: so the the uh, the Longhorn cattle I mean I I love them because it's like at cabin season, it's like Easter. You don't know what color egg you're gonna find behind <laughs> which bush. You know, you yep. you can. You can uh, there's such a variety. There's diversity in how you make money with them. There's diversity in the way they look, horn shape, color patterns, uh, and and that's what makes them special. I mean, you can you can take a black bull and breed it to a black cow, and and you can get an all white heifer. You know, yeah, <laughs> you can... <laughs>
0: yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about the breed itself for a second, then. Like, so when people are choosing cows, like, why longhorns?
1: So, it, a lot of it is, is is the diversity and the ability for them to to fund. A lot of people get them for a hobby. You know, mm-hmm. they're a good tax write off. They're states that give you, you know, uh, you get a discount on your property taxes if if you have an ag exemption. And they want something cool just yeah. to look at and and calm. That will get them a tax exemption. So they can save you money there. Uh, they got uh, the Longhorn is also uh, is dis- disease resistant, parasite resistant, mm-hmm. pink eye resistant, ninety nine point nine percent calving ease. So they're a great be- beginner breed. Uh, the the beef is lean, yeah. so uh, you can feed them. They're gr- if, if if you get the right genetics, their feed efficiency is outstanding. I mean, you can raise them on grass. Yeah. And and when you sell that beef, uh, the cholesterol levels are very low. The omega threes and the and proteins are high, so there's a lot of health benefits to the beef. I mean, they're, they're, the diversity, I keep saying that, but the diversity of these Longhorn cattle is, is what makes them special. The, the the unique traits that the founding members of the association focused on to protect these cattle is what makes them different than every other breed.
0: Yeah, I, and like I was saying, you know, Carol got them because they're exceptional foragers. And they helped her clear property, and then we turned that into ground beef. And it's like you can take, you know, a bush and turn it into steak. <laughs>
1: that's that's when I used to work in town. Uh, that's what I used to tell people. They'd fertilize their yards, and every time it rained, they were complaining they had to get home and mow their yard every three days. And I said, I fence mine off and turn my grass into steak. Yeah, I, I said, exactly. If I spend money on <laughs> fertilizers, because I'm turning my grass into steak, not not yep. so I can mow it. <laughs>
0: yep there's there is one proven way to get high quality high protein uh food out of plants feed it to cows Yep,
1: <laughs> yep, yeah the uh and it's been great for our family i said uh the the, the kids enjoy them uh we host uh sales and and charities now as a family mm-hmm. my boys will run the back crew uh our family is made up of myself, my wife, and we have five children—four boys and a girl—and uh, and, and we're all involved. Yeah. Uh, it, it teaches the kids good work ethic. They can uh, they can learn how to handle animals and, and that you know how to be responsible for something. Mm-hmm. And and it's it, it's it's great. It's a great learning tool that, that every step you take prepares you for the next step. And having animals around children, I mean, it's it's a good way to raise them to prepare them for for adult, be an adult.
0: Yeah, y'all have been nice enough to have me or host me for the last couple of days, riding around your property. Like, oh, that there's a fence line that Frank's clearing, or there's that project that John's doing. So, raising kids on a farm around longhorns, you know. Yeah, you uh, know better than anybody. But
1: <laughs> it, it, it's great, uh, and like I said, the. When I got in, you had to travel to Texas. I live in Michigan, and uh, we've worked hard with people like Dan Huntington, Ann Gravitt, Bill Hudson. Uh, there's a there's a large group of us in, in the the northeast and the northwest that have really developed the markets up here because I worked in town, you know, and people that work in town only have so much vacation time. Mm-hmm. And if you got to spend five days every time you want to go do something with a Longhorn, that eats your vacation time up pretty quick, and... I realized that was what was killing our industry from expanding. So we've really developed, I think in Michigan now, there's eight events within nine hours of my house or less. And that's, what's cool about the Longhorns now is no matter where you live, you can take one day off work and probably hit a couple events a year, you know, and do a long weekend. And uh, that's, that's, that's kind of the cool thing is, is, four or five times a year you go see all your buddies show your cow win a belt buckle maybe win some prize money yep. and uh that that's what makes them great
0: yeah lots of things you can do with them
1: so uh like i said my wife and i we really enjoy uh helping new breeders mm-hmm. and, and along the way you know we made some mistakes uh we were seven years in and struggling we had cattle for 7 years and we tried this bull and we bought flash fancy they were pretty uh we bought brand names mm-hmm. we thought you know if you buy brand names and breed brand names the brand names you you're going to get something good and 7 years in i mean people don't sometimes believe this but we had uh two or three kids at the time and I was working an hour and a half from home, seven days a week, sometimes, and uh, we had one vehicle. We were spending so much money on feed and fence and and just trying to to make it that we didn't have money for a second vehicle. Missy'd have to wait for me to get home from work, so hmm. she could uh, get groceries. And uh, we sat down and said, "We gotta do something different. We either gotta get rid of them or we gotta figure out what we're doing wrong." So seven years in, we uh, we decided. Uh, we're going to build a herd. And we picked a cow and said we want every cow in our herd to look like that or be that phenotype, that style. Mm -hmm. And we bought a son out of that cow. And then we bought females that would cross well, proven genetics that had crossed well with that family before. And we got serious. And that was in two thousand. Between 2010 and 2012 is when we started making them decisions, finding them cattle, and it's resulted in that now I do Longhorns full time.
0: Yeah, and that's something that I get asked a lot, whether it's people asking me on social media or people who come out to the ranch is like, is this profitable? Like, Can you support yourself doing this? It's like, well, if you do it the right way then yeah you know there's a few people who do it
1: well when i when, when i got in the first year i got in i went to a guy's house named dave hoving he's a concrete guy mm-hmm. great big old hands big personality gr- great guy honest guy and when i met him i didn't know that you know we went to his house and he had all these big horn cattle and we're drooling all over them and uh he uh i told miss yes i we saved uh we saved twenty five hundred dollars and we were gonna want two heifers. We wanted to buy two heifers, and Dave had one price at eighteen hundred. He had one price at fifteen hundred and one at twenty five hundred. And he's telling me these are kind of his bottom end. Mm. And he looks at me and he goes, "You know, Johnny, if you only got forty acres, he said you're better off buying one ten thousand dollar cow. Cause it'll eat less than ten one thousand dollar cows, and it'll make you more money with with less overhead, less inputs." And I looked at Missy, and I said, that's the best sales pitch i ever heard in my life. I ain't buying no cows here. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, we ended up talking to him more, and Missy liked the $2,500 cow, and I wouldn't buy it. And Dave's like, I'm telling you, that's not a $2,500 heifer. But I priced her that way because I wanted you guys to have a good start. And I'm just thinking in my head, what a salesman, you know. Yeah. So I didn't buy any cows from him. And we went to a sale, and I bought me a 70-inch emperor daughter, black and white. Man, was I proud. Back then, nobody had 70-inch cows. You know, it was rare. and. She was a good cow, and that was in uh, spring. That fall, we went to a sale, and I was sitting at the table with Dave Hoving. That heifer sold for $36,000 that he offered me for $2,500. The one that you passed up. The one I passed (laughs) up. And that clicked in my head that the people in this industry are good people. Yeah. He wasn't trying to be a salesman. He was trying to help me. And it was funny because, like I said, Dave's a concrete guy. And I was sitting at his table, and I'm pretty sure it was Joel Emley running the sale, and he was taking $1,000 bids. And every time that cow took a $1,000 bid, Dave would punch me in the shoulder. <laughs> well, by the time we got to 36000 my shoulder was pretty sore. So I learned my lesson. I remember very well.
0: <laughs> yep. He's like, at there. He's like, I, I, was was t- you, <laughs> I was trying to help you, dummy.
1: I was trying to help you, But that, that was one of the lessons that stuck with me. And uh, he he played a big part in helping me understand the business end yeah of these cattle. Uh that in like I said, the cattle are great, the people are great. Uh up here in Michigan, the guys in Texas nicknamed us the Michigan Mafia. Yeah. Because of people <laughs> like Dave Hoving, Tom Smith, Dick Lowe. I mean, they'd mentor people. Yeah. Tom Smith was a great mentor on, on genetics. You know, Dick yeah. and, and Dave were great mentors on the business end of it. So
0: I think that's super important to be able to find somebody who genuinely well it's important for the guys who have the experience to be willing to mentor the new guys coming in and it's important for the new guys coming in to be able to identify those guys and you know I, I try and identify the guys who are genuinely trying to help you and try and identify those who maybe aren't because you know unfortunately sometimes we get some of those as well. It's a business like any other. Um but there's lots of great people who are trying to help the new breeders coming in. Like we said, you know, that's something from the very beginning. Like maybe the first time that I talked to you that you were you were talking about is we got to we got to help these new breeders because when we help the new folks coming in, it helps the industry as a whole.
1: Yeah, I mean, we and, and it's shown. I mean, I cannot believe how much our industry is booming right now. We we just held Stood of Faturity in Michigan and uh I could not believe how many new breeders participated this year. Usually you have like myself, I'll bring eight or ten animals. You know, Tom Smith will bring two trailer loads, Hubble will bring several, uh and it's it's a handful of people that filled the event. This this event it was hard finding pen space because it was this new person that brought one or two, yeah. And and we still had just as many animals, but it, it was you know thirty or forty ranches bringing animals instead of ten. Mm-hmm. And I I just hosted a, an event down in Kentucky, down in Lexington, Kentucky, with the St. Valentine sale. We had two hundred and eighty entries, ninety ranches on site. Wow. Usually a maturity of 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 a hundred and fifty plus. 150 to 200 will have 40 ranches represented we had 90 there and same thing they were new breeders excited about this breed
0: that's awesome i think i mean we can get into this more later but i think like what you've been talking about how diverse the longhorns are people are starting to see it and with the rise of or the resurrection maybe of the farm to table, you know, self-sufficiency type lifestyle that people are wanting to live because all the crazy stuff that we see going on around us. Um, Longhorns are a great option because of the diversity and the ability to actually get into them as someone who doesn't have, you know, generational land or generational wealth or whatever, you know, somebody like like you got, you said you didn't start out or you didn't grow up doing it necessarily. Like I didn't grow up doing it. Um, I don't own any cows right now, but I'm still taking in all the knowledge and, you know, trying to talk to guys like you and and people who have been in it for a long time and and able to get into it and actually make it work.
1: Well, that that's that's what makes a Longhorn special is. If you were going to start a beef operation or a dairy operation or a cow calf operation in every other industry, you need you need lots of land, you need lots of equipment, you need lots of infrastructure, which takes lots of money. So getting it started in the Longhorns, their their hardiness, their their feed efficiencies, the they're easier to take care of, and so and the profit you can make off a handful of them mm-hmm. is greater than the profit it would take off of an angus or something. I mean, like I said, if 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 you're raising beef or or, or milk, or I did the math when I was getting into it and I figured I'd profit $250 to $300 a head uh, a year. And if I only have 20 animals, that's 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 a lot of work for not a lot of money. And the longhorns, you know, you you can profit 2500 to Five thousand dollars a head, mm-hmm. with the same number of animals, and so that that's what attracted me to get bigger. You know, at first I only wanted two of them just for s- pets for my wife. She enjoyed the cattle, but but I thought you know if I'm going to spend time and effort in having these pets, they might as well pay the feed bill. <laughs> a- and they've yep. done more and paid the feed bill. They pay my house bill. They pay my truck bill. They pay yep. my trailer bill. I've got all brand new hay equipment. They help me buy the farm next door. I mean. Uh, all off of buying two hobby animals. And I, I couldn't have done that with any other breed. It would not have been possible.
0: Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, <laughs> I forgot to mention that you're the current chairman of our registry or our organization, which is the TLBAA. Texas Longhorn Breeders Association of America. Um, so, what is the TLBAA? I mean, we're we're gonna get into it some more on the next one because we're gonna break these up a little bit. I'm gonna we'll try and make it into a series, but just tell people what the TLBAA TLBAA is, and then
1: the the, the TLBAA was uh, founded back in the 1960s, the early 1960s. When uh, they realized that the Longhorns were becoming extinct, uh, a group of ranchers decided they did not want to see these diverse qualities to disappear mm-hmm. from breeding with other breeds. And, and so the the Longhorn built America. I mean, during the wars and, and, and the hard times, they were the cattle that could make the cattle drives to the places where the new settlements were going or the, the, war, the, the armies were stationed, and, and they fed America. Yeah so they're important to America so the TLBA was founded to protect that heritage and and they started a registry and we have a great office staff that that keeps records and and helps people and uh we're trying to keep the the heritage and the legend uh, of this uh this breed alive so that future generations can experience the joy that they've brought uh the past members and and us right now
0: yeah so you know, new breeders who are getting in and who are looking for uh, resources that are going to be able to help them. TLBA offers a lot of that stuff. And we're going to talk about that on the next episode. So let's get into it, and thanks for listening. Hidden Springs Ranch Beef is 100% registered Texas longhorn beef. Try out our new Snack Sticks, lean longhorn beef with no nitrates added, Available in hot, mild, sweet, and sweet heat. The hot is my personal favorite. We're happy to say that these snack sticks are shelf-stable and we can ship them directly to you. Or if you're in North Carolina, check out our freezer beef options for local pickup. Halves, holes, bundle boxes, and bulk ground. Go check it out at HSLonghorns.com under the beef tab and use code BIGIRON for a little discount on me. HSLonghorns.com and hit that beef tab.